<laughs> for a second, I actually <laughs> forgot which which button meant record. You almost clicked the big pause. I, I did almost click pause. Yes. <laughs> well, you know why? Because we're told to like avoid the big red button. That's true. And record is oh, the big red button. Oh, you both said it's true at the same no. time. Oh, oh schlubbies. Oh, me a coke. To a star to steer her by, the Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin, and today I'm joined by Jake, Chris, and Ames. And today we're here for episode 15, Ooh. and we're going to be discussing the alternative factor and the city on the edge of forever. The alternative factor, God, what to say about this episode? Good luck, Caitlin. I feel like I'm like a valedictorian at the high school, and I haven't written a speech. What can I say? <laughs> You're about- the valedictorian at the high school where everybody failed, except me. I failed best. No, including you. You, oh. just, you, you still what failed. Are, what are they doing at graduation? <laughs> Talking about the alternative factor for some reason. You can only be a senior in high school for so many years mm. in some school districts. So they're all like 37 and on their, like, you know what? Fine, here. 37? I just pulled a year out of my, oh. I don't know what that was. Clerks. Oh. That was my bad. Oh. Randall oh. making a dick sucking sound. I Speaking of sucking dick, the alternative <laughs> factor. Uh, <laughs> I kill myself anyway. Uh, so the alternative factor. Um, so in the alternative factor, the Enterprise uh, is you know cruising through space, and there's some kind of weird anomaly, and like this planet that they could see has ceased existing for like a second. And uh, moments later, they they're like, oh no, there's life on the planet. So they go down and they meet this weird guy, Lazarus. And Lazarus, this is a weird guy, and he's talking about. I feel like it just sounded like Donald Trump. He's the he's the weirdest guy. We got the weirdest guys in this episode. Tremendous, tremendous, oh, tremendous episode. weird guys. Tremendous bigly, weird guys. Bigly. The best weird guys. The best bigly weird guys. So um, anyway, so Lazarus is like, oh, I'm fighting this being and. I need to fight him, and there's a time corridor. Guys, I don't know. I don't know what happened in this episode. It's, Shit it's, goes down. Basically, he winds up on their ship, and then they're like, oh. McCoy's like, oh, he had a cut on his head. The cut's gone. What the fuck? And it turns out there's two of them running around, maybe. And they, you know, they're trying to, they, they realize that, that, that the evil guy who looks like Lazarus, he's trying to, like, destroy... He's from an alternate universe, and he's trying to destroy both universes by stealing dilithium crystals from the ships, which conveniently fit into his little Jetsons sprocket rocket there. Well, yeah, I noticed that. Nice. That was good. Well, because if they, if they would have needed AAA dilithium crystals, they would have been SOL. They only had double A's. Anyway, Lazarus, in a grand sacrifice, is like, no, you must, I'm going to go into the time corridor against him again, and you must destroy my ship, or destroy his ship, and I'll keep him trapped in the corridor, and Kirk's like, but does doesn't that mean you'll be trapped in the corridor forever? And Lazarus is like, wouldn't it be worth it? Or something like that. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Lots of fighting in corridors. Lots of weird negative shots. Just terrible. What of Lazarus? Oh, yeah. That's... But what of Lazarus? But what does God need with a starship? Not yet. I know. <laughs> and then, in the city on the edge of forever, uh, a tragic accident takes place wherein Dr. Bones McCoy accidentally uh, overdoses on... Cordrazine and runs screaming into a time donut and winds up in the 1930s. Murderers! Assassins! <laughs> oh, that's gonna be way too loud. Yeah, that's I'll gonna turn be it bad. Down. <laughs> um, so 
the Enterprise crew talking to this sentient time donut. He's like, I, I, don't, I don't even know what the deal was with the donut. I'm not even going to touch the donut. There was he a donut. He was a guardian of forever. A forever, that's yeah. right. I liked that, actually. And a croissant donut. Ooh, clearly. So they, um, you know, and then Spock is like, I'm going to do some math and we'll figure out the exact second we should arrive within, you know, a month of when when McCoy landed. So we'll do that. And so they run through the space donut and uh, they wind up in 1930s uh, New York. I believe we're in New York. New York yes. City. <laughs> Get the rope. <laughs> <laughs> I love those commercials. And uh, so Kirk and Spock wind up working for a woman who runs like a mission for mm-hmm. the homeless. Edith Keeler. Edith Keeler. And Kirk, you know, predictably falls in love with Edith Keeler because she's the only woman on the planet and... I was just thinking, Edith Keeler, because he has to... Keeler! Spoilers! <laughs> and so, basically what happens is, is they, they, the reason why they follow Doc, or the reason, the other, well, one of many reasons they want Doc back, but the other reason is because he goes and fucks some shit up and destroys the future and the Enterprise doesn't exist, and what the fuck do you think you're doing peeling noisy shit off of a coaster while we're recording this fucking <laughs> podcast? You're fired! <laughs> no, that's my fault, because I put stickers fucking everywhere. James, cut it out. <laughs> slap it out of your head Jake don't pee at the table <laughs> and into your gin and tonic no less uh, anyway it turns out that what happens is that Edith Keeler never dies and fucks up the whole future so not only do they have to go and find bones they have to sacrifice the love of Kirk's life so that his way of Life and career is preserved in the future. Well, also so that Hitler doesn't win World War II. Yeah, but... Much to Spock's chagrin. Yeah, I was going to say, Spock would have been <laughs> totally cool with that. So, that's it. Really well summarized. 20 minutes later, I think I told you a little bit about those episodes. A little bit. So how about those episodes, guys? These are some episodes. Ah, yeah. Both of these episodes, like, they have to sacrifice someone to save, essentially, the entire universe. Yeah, yes. only one time... True. It makes sense, and the other time I was just like, "No, kill him." See, that's, this, is, <laughs> this is funny. This is really funny. So, the alternative factor is, uh, according to critics and the internet and various websites and stuff, uh, is one of the worst Star Trek episodes. The worst, if not the worst. Now, do they mean within the entire history of the franchise, or of, just of, as far I as think, TOS I think, goes? I, I think just TOS. Okay, yes. I was gonna say because because Voyager has the sex lizards, and that's that's uh, worse. I'm. Mm-hmm. Intrigued by sex lizards. Yeah. And then we're gonna and then we're gonna Just talk wait till you find out who the sex lizards are. I hope they're the Gorn. I would have some, Is it me? I'd have some lizards. Why are you no, winking? No, I won't even I can't. He's got something in his eye, I'm sure. Of course, of course. Yeah, and we're gonna follow it up with City on the Edge of Forever, which is uh, arguably one of the best episodes of TOS. So it's a weird day. It's a weird day for us guys. Mm-hmm. No, it's a perfect day. It means we can talk about the alternative factor for like five minutes and then get to the good stuff. See here's the funny thing, here's the funny thing. Alright. I'll be the judge of that. I didn't hate it as much as I was expecting to, and it might be because I already knew what was going to happen going in, maybe a little, mm. and because all like extra dimensions and and alternative dimensions are really cool. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit Lovecraftian. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and that is your wheelhouse. That's yeah. I do. I do enjoy a good Lovecraft. But also, when I was reading a bunch of Lovecraft at one point, I just started looking up all kinds of videos on how extra dimensions would work. There's a series somewhere that's like. It explains each dimension up to the tenth dimension, and they get more and more complicated, but more and more like wacky. So 
the the time corridor thing in the alternative factor actually does make a little bit of sense. The no rest message. of the rest, of, <laughs> yeah, a lot of other things don't. Like but for one thing, for one thing, Lazarus's beard. That's exactly what I was about to say. I was the I was hoping was with the beard. So inconsistent. Did he use a straightening iron on that thing? He uh, had to. I thought it was like, like he like got close to a yak's butt. <laughs> and, and pulled away too quick. He went in for a sniff. <laughs> oh, no. The yak backed up into it. He's like, oh, god damn it. Didn't realize his face. But the worst part, though, was like... Yak back. Remember yak backs? Was yak back. Yeah, I yak remember asshole. yak back. Uh, I had a couple. But yeah, no, it's, it, the worst part for me was, it was that... And within the same... At first, I thought maybe it was like a way to tell the Lazaruses apart. But no, even I within the same too. Lazarus, it's it's... I think it was different. Really thin days. density, and then really would, thin. Yeah, and like, like sometimes the, the mustache was really full, and sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes there was one scene where he practically looked clean shaven for fuck's sake. Yeah, I remember it thinking was really, really barely there. They must have run out by the end. They were like, "Fuck, we gotta be sparing with this shit." <laughs> he was like, "I am not sticking my nose in that yak's asshole." Do you remember one more time? <laughs> yak's asshole. Yak's asshole. Portmanteau. Yakety sacks hole. Oh no! Remember, I turned to you and I was like, oh, "My God, did they shave?" Lazarus, and then they panned in, and they were like, oh, nope, there it is. <laughs> Barely. Like you might one say piece that of... his beard kept rising from the dead. Like the biblical Lazarus. Get out. I don't understand. No, so we're done with that. Jesus performed a miracle in which he rose uh, dead man Lazarus. This was before they had a whole lot of medical, like, expertise and technology. <laughs> he probably wasn't that dead. It's a miracle, <laughs> God. Damn it! He was dead. <laughs> Blasphemer. Uh, yeah, he Lazarus. CPR. We're done. <laughs> oh, he probably did. <laughs> Do you think the Son of God knew CPR? Maybe that was it. Maybe every miracle he did was just CPR. Especially that water into wine. Yeah, every every miracle yeah. he did was splashing water into somebody's face. <laughs> <laughs> He's not dead. Lux. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I was just sleeping. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? Anyway, speaking of Lazarus and his beard, which is <laughs> not entirely, dirty. not entirely <laughs> unlike that of a pubescent boy, desperate to grow his first mustache, and it's like no Lazarus. It got no. he got some long wisps though. They were wispy though. Yeah. They were it they was were gross. I really hated it. I don't know what they were doing, and I was just like, oh, please trim look vague, it up. Vaguely alien, wizardy. It didn't look alien. He just looked homeless. Listen. <laughs> The rest of that, like the ha- the scalp hair looked nice and wavy and short. It was His clothes bad. were a mess, bad. though. Yeah, clothes were a mess. Also, oh, no, you're so fabulous with those big sparkly. holes yes. in his clothes. They were so sparkly. They were yeah, sparkly. I mean, though. guys, yeah, and they're when they were new, they were probably beautiful. But as they were, they were torn to tatters. He's been ribbons. fighting himself for years and yeah. years and years. What about his Ed Wood spaceship? Yeah, what the that stood out so much. It was like with the dome on top. Well, and then when they when it looked like they weren't gonna, because at first it looked like they weren't gonna show them destroying the ship, and I was like, oh, they must have borrowed that from somebody. They don't want to blow it up. They must have borrowed. <laughs> it. They, that came from somewhere else. <clears throat> I but still yeah, think it really did. it was it was oh I do too it was but it, it was it was totally bizarre it like didn't fit in it at was all bad like fifties. Children's television sci-fi design. It really just yeah. felt like a Jetsons car. Yeah, I mean, I think mm. you said that, and that's that, that little domey thing. It just it did. Like oh. if it had been, yeah, if they had been able to fly, it would have done that little. Which which led to the question. This is totally unrelated. Why do all dogs in cartoons do that? Right, Raggy with R's always because Rastro does it and Ruby Roo does it, and I believe the dog in Mega Man does it. Well. 
You think Santa's a little helper does it a little bit in The Simpsons. Why does that happen? Why well, do they do that? Rashfro and Scooby-Doo were both Hanna-Barbera, so someone there just thought, this is how it's done. And they sort of codified it, so everyone else was just like, yeah, I guess so. And no one ever questioned it. Uh-oh. <laughs> anyway, I feel you were trying to say something for like five minutes. Oh, now. I have a, yeah, I had a, I had a note I found which I thought was typical. Uh, the role of Lazarus had to be recast like on the day because John Barrymore, John Drew Barrymore, who was also Drew Barrymore's father, yeah, that guy didn't show up on the day of filming. Was he, he read, drunk. He read the yeah. script. So they had to pretty much drag uh, Robert Brown in on uh, the morning. So he wasn't drunk enough, Jake. That's what you're saying. Yes. That's funny, because that, like, that, I mean, he was a big name. That would have been a big get. Was he a big name at the time? I don't know much about I mean, the Barrymores actors. were, I, mean, I don't know about John Barrymore. They're Hollywood royalty. Exactly. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, even if, even if his star was on the Wayne at that stage, it was still a big enough name that I feel like it kind of uh-huh. would have been a big deal. John so Wayne is also Hollywood royalty. But he didn't have a dynasty like the Barrymores. Dynasty like, is amazing. I don't like how you're saying Barrymore. Barrymore. He Let's keeps see. saying, like, Barrymore. Like, I mean, I know you're probably right, but I always think Drew Barrymore. That's it. I you're, think, like, I think really over-enunciating the Y ah. in Barrymore. Barrymore. <laughs> okay, Kirk. <laughs> Barrymore. But yes, no, I'm willing to bet he didn't show up because he was just... <laughs> So loaded. Right. Tweedledee and Tweedledum have to quiet down a little which bit. Which one's which, though? Does it matter? <laughs> yes, it matters to me. <laughs> there are people uh, that are shit like eggs. <laughs> no, that's something Dumpty you're thinking of. Not Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Oh, yeah, I guess they are vaguely egg-shaped, aren't they? Yeah. Weird. Yep. Great, great, great. Go on, play Yoshi's Island? Yes, I love that game. <laughs> what is happening? It's the uh, best. A lot. We've taken over the podcast. Keep rolling with it, Jake. <laughs> no, I think they don't have anything left to say about this episode. Well, let's, let's talk about this episode. Yeah, uh, what I mean, have I got? Um, anyway, you know what I noticed? So we had we had a Lieutenant Masters instead of Scotty today. Yeah. And yeah, that she was gets weird. freaking taken, taken advantage of because she's. Doing it, doing the whole engineering thing wrong. Scotty wouldn't have taken any of this shit. But in the original script, there was supposed to be a, a romance with her and Lazarus, oh. and they th- th- they thought it was going to be way too space seedy because that just happened. She really yes. liked the way that he choked her out, so they went on a date afterwards. Well, oh, okay, fine, kink, fine. Yep, sorry, not my kink, but that's fine. It, I mean, it, it, it is, you know. MacGyver's like, was into it too, so she had a beautiful. She had beautiful natural hair. Mm. I was like, wow, gorgeous. Just nice like to very, see, not a nice, not a wig. Yeah, just like a very yeah. nice, like a small afro. And I was like, girl, yeah, get it. That episode, though, just got back to again. Was a has been a recurring issue with the original series so far. They need better security on this fucking ship. <laughs> yes. Why yes. is there an unguarded panel? In a random fuck-off hallway. Not even locked, like... Yeah, that any asshole can access and fry a vital part of the engineering section. You know what my favorite part was? Oh, my favorite... <clears throat> what, 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 I don't even know what... The, you know what a part was? Um, <laughs> they they bring him back into sickbay after he got, a, he got out and got in another fight and did some stupid shit again. Oh, and fell off some rocks again. It and survived. Jesus Christ, Lazarus, you're a fucking peon. But they're like, oh, well, he won't escape again. And then he escapes again. Immedi- like, I was waiting for it. When Doc said that, you know, he won't get away this time. Oh, so you're going to strap him down? Or you're going to... Lock the you- door? You no know, most to guard? Nope. Anything? Nothing. Nothing at all. It, like, Zero I things. Just, I just... It was... I mean, here's the thing. This is on paper. Like, let's ignore what we actually saw. <laughs> on paper... 
this is a really intriguing idea. Yeah. The execution was a fucking disaster. I yeah, I would agree with a lot of that. And and also McCoy even says at one point when security was bumbling around, he says, "Get that muscle man out of my sick bay." Yeah. And I'm like, "No, keep the muscle man in the yeah. sick, sick bay because the then Lazarus man. will just escape again." That was really weird too. Like, why would Doc say like, "Don't have"? Do- okay, here's the thing. Doc is a sucker for a patient. He is. Because he gets upset when he loses people. He loses uh, butter knife Tormelin. guy. Tormelin, I think, is the name. Butter knife guy, yeah. like you said. And he, you know, he's really protective of Khan. Even Khan holds a scalpel to his throat. Yep. And Doc's like, Jim, I think he could use a few minutes rest. Let's he's, just give him his rest. He's a damn so, fine doctor. No, I he know. does not let his personal feelings get in the way. I understand, but I'm just saying that, like, this guy has gone crazy and broken out of the ship and run amok. Run amok. Very a lot of times. And, and Doc is just like, get that fucking armed guard, Mitch Juleps. That's what it is. He doesn't want a fucking guard. He knows if someone, if Lazarus is like, you know what it is, Bones, he's like, you know, I saw Bones hitting the booze pretty hard. He knows that no one's going to listen to Lazarus because Lazarus <laughs> is off his rocker. But if, you know, the armed guard stays, Bones' drinking problem might come to light. That's what it really is, guys. Here's the thing. It's not even a good doctor. Listen, At the end of the day... threw out a mint julep. Just threw it away. That was dishwater. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Guys, guys, you ready? I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, Jake. You ready for this? I'm you ready for my tinfoil hat? I'm it's going to be big enough for you, I hope. Okay. He does have a big head. Oh, I, I didn't really mean do. it that way, but... <laughs> I don't know. You guys winking so, again? Stop yeah, winking. Sorry. So here's, here's the tinfoil hat, okay? We know that Bones hates space, yeah? And he hates teleporters. He does. He hates it. You know why he's on the Enterprise? Because he fucking killed somebody on Earth, and he had to get away. Ooh. That's the only thing that would drive him to the, to, to the space, I almost said. No, to, to the space. space. To the space. He lost the planet in the divorce. <laughs> Listen. Have we heard anything about his divorce yet at this point? No, the divorce actually doesn't become full canon until the reboot movie. That's really? Not, well, then it's not canon. That's Kelvin. That's Kelvin timeline. That's not... Kelvin. No, but certain 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 things applied to both universes. You tried. It was a good try. That's when. That's also when Neota became canonically Neota. Yoda. It canonically became Uhura's first name. Wrong series. You have. Ah. Mm. Um, mm. That was really good. Then I master, are we? <laughs> but yeah, like the thing, the idea that he'd gotten a divorce was always sort of it was in the books. It was supposed to have been mentioned uh, blatantly in the Space Hippies episode, which we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, but it ultimately didn't make it into the final draft. So I mean, it was always semi-canonical. But the first time it was actually mentioned in any sort of film or television source was the uh, was the reboot. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But because it was always sort of pseudo-canonical anyway, I just feel like the what was said in the movie then retroactively applies to both timelines. You know, this is the fucking problem with canon and people talking about canon. Kaboom. What is canon? Let's shoot off a canon. <laughs> but here's the thing. Stupid fucking Lazarus, Lazarus and his stupid fucking dilithium ship and, and his, his mustache. And his stupid mustache. And the beard. And his beard. And his stupid clothes. And his stupid corridor. 
And that's his, fucking canon, man. That's true. That's fucking canon. Yeah. All that shit happened. And that be- bedazzled fucking band-aid he had on for some reason. <laughs> his fucking bedandalade. That's still not a word. <laughs> bedandalade. I like that. It the sounds whole, like a lovely drink. Yeah. The whole McCoy thing. McCoy would have one. The yes. whole that, thing. That happened, yeah. This all is all just as valid yep. as the events of the Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Or, yep. you know, name your favorite Star Trek thing. Right? Yeah. Is Dr. Lazarus. That's why we need to do away with this idea of canon and just say that Star Trek happens. It just happens. It shit happens. Get that on a bumper sticker. Star Trek happens. Miri, that's canon. Uh, no. Oh, no. Those little children, bonk, bonk on the head, that kid with the face. The whole thing <laughs> is fucking real in Star Trek, and people won't ever let it go. So when I hear people being like, well, I don't like that they're doing a... A soft reboot. I'm not. I'm not a fan of this. The Discovery's gonna be a prequel. Can't they move into the future? This is a new uh, nerd. You, you know they're gonna run up against canon at some point. Cause they're gonna. It's gonna be like the Zindi Wars arc. Cause that caused a lot of consternation amongst the fans. And these fucking boneheads. Are the same people that are like, Dr. Lazarus here is quite an accomplished fucking piece of shit with his beard and he trimmed it with a listen, fucking listen, garden listen. rake. <laughs> wow. oh listen, anti-Lazarus. Lazarus part B was the was the Ugh. cool, calm, serious one. The other one was just batshit crazy. That should have been the differentiating factor. Not the scar in the head, but the mustache and the beard. <laughs> <laughs> because like, only a madman would have that facial hair. No shit. <laughs> Not even most madmen. Most madmen have better taste. Yeah. All right, bring it, bring it back in. Bring it back in. Oh Jesus! Talking about talking about. Lazarus and Lazarus Prime. Mm-hmm. Spock figures it out. Some fucking how. Because he's a genius or something. Yeah. I have no idea how the hell he figured it out. Because also during that scene it was like 15 minutes long of him explaining how it would have worked. How? What? How yeah. does one even figure this out by just watching one guy go crazy? Well, you see. Oh, no. Actually, I do have a question which Jake might be able to answer. Yeah. Not in this voice. <laughs> they kept going on, right? Voice. About when and I when a piece of matter and its identical counterpart of antimatter meet, you know, explosions. I thought the universe implodes. Yeah, yeah. I thought theoretically any piece of matter meets any piece yeah. of antimatter. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, that it whole, that whole explanation be... had no basis. No. In any sort of science, it, it's if an antiproton will blow up. A proton, a positron will annihilate an electron, and vice versa. I mean, there, there's it doesn't have to be the same. Yeah. So just the fact that Anti Lazarus is in this universe, it should have been. Yeah, he would have exploded. I wish he did. If they touched dicks, <laughs> would he have exploded? Well, it depends. Was it an anti dick or were a they, posi dick? Were, were well, they in the were they blue dicks and in negative the, dicks. in the blue dick corridor? It will explode in I a. Hope so. Those dicks will explode. Although they didn't everywhere. say it, I guess I I sort of assumed that maybe the idea was the corridor somehow. It's like it's like it's that fifth dimension of space that, that links the fourth. And dimension. it's sort of like 
maybe reformats them so they don't blow up the universe. Well, it's it's the the corridor you can think of as not being in either universe. Yeah. It's the, yeah, it's yeah. the connecting <coughs> tunnel. It's their little wrestling club. They do it so is. much. Fight club. It's not even fighting. They're like, oh, we'll fight for all eternity. No, you'll just do, do weird grappling. They yeah. both made the Gorn look flexible and fast. <laughs> One thing I thought is not apropos of fucking nothing. They gave Khan a very nice shirt. They gave him a uniform. They make Lazarus wear the same hobo clothes through the whole thing. He was a facial hair dude, I'm telling you. They didn't want those wispy fucking little beard hairs They'd be pulling all over that their out laundry. The, they probably were like dripping stuff the whole time. Uh, <laughs> it was like random fluid just seeping uh, out. That's Thanks for the mashed potatoes and gravy. I'll enjoy it all day. Uh, he's, he's the like, ultimate flavor saver. <laughs> he just sucks the food back up with like straws. <laughs> this is a capillary action. He just dips them in, in liquid. <laughs> oh my god, we uh, lost our minds. We knew this was going to be a good recording session, didn't we, guys? Well, Jake's already two drinks in. Well, I'm whatever. So I'm not. What's my right excuse? Now. Happy or unhappy? Unhappy. That oh. mental image. <laughs> I was. I was okay with everything until we got to this. Listen, I'm not going to apologize to you for my art, okay? Mm. This you, is how Warren. it is. No, wait. I'm Warren in we this scenario. We take it very seriously, folks. We do. Oh God! Quick, someone, someone else, read a note before we talk I've about run, gravy. I've run out of notes. <laughs> I've got a note. This episode was crap. Yeah. Actually, let me actually look at my notes. I do actually. I did take notes, you I, may recall. Yes, I actually, here's my note. <laughs> the universe nearly winking out of existence is apparently uh, the same thing as a spinning newspaper from old-timey movies or the Batman <laughs> oh, show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> fucking effects in this episode with, the, with like, the, the the zooming in and out on, like, the nebula. That the, were, yeah, the, 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 the overlaying the nebula yeah. over the fight and then this other thing happened. That was as bad as the, the war. Stuntsmen fighting. Mm. Also, I love at the end when Kirk reappears to to murder evil Lazarus because God knows which one is. I guess that is Lazarus. Our universe is Lazarus. When when Kirk shows up and like he's fighting again, air quotes, fucking evil Lazarus, and like three red shirts and Spock just stand there and watch. <laughs> like, should we help? Nah, we're 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 on break. They didn't want to get too close to the anti matter because you know that happens. So anyone who's ever seen my notes knows that they're just me writing ridiculous shit, and most of it never makes sense to me at all. <laughs> um, one note that actually is a nice note was I was really impressed, and I had forgotten about this, when they all teleport down to the planet, mm. that was a really clean, like, there were no gross edges when they like made them reappear. Like, that was really clean. The yeah. other thing I wrote down, when we found out that Lazarus was a time traveler, I turned to Chris and said... <laughs> So he's like Doctor Who, except he's Doctor. Uh? <laughs> <laughs> and what I wrote here was he's Doctor Tim Allen sound. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. Halfway through my notes, why is this episode so long and so bad? <laughs> Who did the fight choreo for this episode? Wow, it was, it was is all, awful. I think a, a ballet instructor did it because it all looked very, like a little dancey to me. Yeah, it was. It there was, was a moment good. where where Lazarus like in the, in the at the very end before Kirk throws him into the machine thing, mm. where he picks him up and does a twirl. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's a weird twirl. So I was <sighs> shocked to find out that dilithium crystals are apparently carved into little platters. In this 
instance they are. Do we ever actually see dilithium crystals at any other time? Yeah, we do. I, thought we, like I thought we already saw them. Yeah, for, I was... I forget which episode. No, we saw lithium crystals. Maybe. Oh, well. I think this might have been the first mention of dilithium. No, sure. maybe. I was really oh, I sad forget. that they weren't more crystal-esque. I'm sad they weren't in the fucking engine room, but were dead in a closet somewhere. Fruit leather, yes. Mm. They did look like fruit leather. Delicious. Fruit leather shaped like paddles. Pizza paddles. Yeah. Not cool. I did like when it went into the into that door though, when it like kind of attached in and then kind of like moved on its own. Yeah, that was a good good little mechanism. I imagine I imagine there was a guy inside it grabbing it and pulling, but. It was doing. That's like why it wasn't like in some this kind of dilithium crystal glory hole. So not only did they not have doing in this episode, they also didn't have the regular engineering set. Makes you wonder no. what he was doing, doesn't it? So many noises this episode. You are our last hope. <laughs> wow. God, that's a Galaxy Quest reference. Good Never seen Galaxy Quest. What? Never seen Galaxy Quest. We have to. Damn it. We, we've discussed so how Caitlin sorry. has to watch Galaxy. Yeah. Well, Quest. well, once we finish the original series and the associated films, we'll, That's we'll do it. A year from now, we can do this sooner. I don't need to see it. You totes. You. Totes I mean, Tim Allen's in it. So. Yeah, he's in. He goes. Oh. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Actually, uh, Wilson Tony, is in it though. Tony Shalhoub is in it. Tony Shalhoub, uh, Alan Rickman. Isn't my the man the guy that plays Dwight uh, on The Office? What's his name? Daddy Mars is yeah, in it. Yeah, Daddy Mars. Uh, wait, Dwight from The Office is in it? I have a He's thing one for of the Daddy Mars. No shit. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Just like he is in The Office. Enrico Colantoni's. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's his name. I that, love him. Yeah. I like have a problem. Ooh. I love Whoa. Enrico. Yeah. No, he wanna, was in Just Shoot Me. Want to shine? Oh, his, he yeah. was the bald little head. Yeah, I know. I know him. Love him. Love him. I used to think that him and the guy that was in the Matrix were the same guy. Oh, Lawrence the one Fishburne? No, no, the one who the one who, <laughs> <laughs> the one who was also in uh, Memento. There. I don't know. He was the one that went betrayed crazy. Them. He betrayed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they yeah, look yeah. kind of similar. Kinda, yeah. And I was like, man, this guy has range. He's in just Wait, shoot who? me. He, he was who, no. the one. The one that went crazy. I'm in thinking the of Matrix. V for Vendetta. Then not that guy. Yeah, no. He he was also Agents. actually he was. Um, He's got a name. He's got a really Italian-y sounding name, like yeah. Pumpalabupsio. He was also the reporter Jesus in the uh, Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Never saw that, and I don't remember The Matrix. Uh, the what? Ben Affleck Daredevil Matrix. movie, for I all its really failings. Like it you really didn't like The Matrix? I didn't really like The Matrix very much. It's crazy. I know. It's cray-cray. I know. Yeah, the, the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, for all its failings, is still better than the Netflix show. Both seasons? It, Even the first season? Yes, first season because was pretty good. at least something fucking happens in the Ben Affleck movie. Whoa. Whoa, something happened. In hey, the... hey, hey. Fuck when things happen. Is yeah. he blind? Is he blind? Is he a blindman? He's so blind. Blindman. Jesus Christ. Uh, God. Anyway, Jesus. He this sells, really. He sells blinds. Can we move on to the next episode? Yeah, yes, no. We, we, none of us have anything cognizant to say about this because it was just so bad. Mm. It was pretty bad. Though. I have lots of cognizant things to say about the city on Any sensible forever. person does. You start. Cool. So the things I want to start with are before we launch into, like, the things that happened in the episode. Yes. The writing of the script for this episode was apparently the biggest fucking hair pile that happened in all of all of the Star mm. Trek production crew things. It's Harlan Ellison. It's right? Harlan. It's Harlan Ellison. He wrote the original script, like in like March of '66 or whatever, and it took them ten months to finish it up because they kept making him redo drafts and redo drafts for free until they they took it away and it had somebody else redo a draft and then Gene did a draft and then DC Vontana did a draft and then Gene fixed her draft and then they used that. So by the end, when they were finally done with all of the the rewriting. 
two lines from the original Harlan Ellison script were kept. Ooh. And this is the this is the episode that won a bunch of awards. It's on like a whole bunch of top ten lists. It's number one on a lot of top ten lists for Star Trek episodes for episode. for the original series. But by rights, it shouldn't be good. Yeah, I was gonna say this That's sounds astounding. Like, it sounds like a classic case of too many cooks. Yeah, they, they, in the I mean, soup they, or whatever. They also like had to keep making Ellison like cut back up that because it would have gone. Crazy, crazy over budget. It already went crazy over budget. This was the aside from the pilots. This was the most expensive episode to make. Holy oh. shit! How much was it? Do you know? Uh, twenty, uh, two hundred eleven thousand something, hmm. something around there. That's tidy. And a lot of extras. A lot of extras. In this yeah, movie. a lot of extras. Lots of stuff. There was supposed to be. It, was, it would have been like hour, double no that if they'd done the original original script because there was a lot of other stuff that I'll t- tell you about as we're talking. But like when this won a um. I think it was the Writers Guild of America Award. 38 Um, people had to get on stage to accept it. Yeah, it was either that or the Hugo. It won one of of those, and one of them, Harlan Ellison, goes up to uh, take the award, holding his original script, giving a speech, just lambasting everybody, and and by talking about how you don't let people, like, mess with your scripts, You, you, like... Keep your scripts as, as clean as and and whatever as you can. And he's holding his own script, and the uh, the rest of the Star Trek table across the room is just like, do should we applaud him still? What do we do? It sounds like when he's Sean being a prima donna. It sounds like when Sean Astin took over when the Lord of the Rings people were winning their awards, and he just like kept going on and on about how great SAG was, and they were all like, okay, Sean, good <laughs> union, yep, good, done, no. Sorry, go on, Ames. I mean, that's the thing. I I want to sort of feel worse for Ellison, but by all accounts, he's just kind of a prick, so it's sort of funny. I mean, some of the changes... I the, Here's the thing, and I'll, 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 when, when we get through, go through what some of the changes were, I want to know what you guys think, which one would have been better, because I actually think every single change made it better. Mm. Every single one. Take that, Harlan. So I, I'm sorry. I'm sure. I'm sure your original strip was great too, and you know it led us to a really nice episode. So, Still had a couple weird bits, but we'll get to those. Sulu got injured. He did. Poor, Poor Sulu. Sulu. I hope he's okay. A couple drops can save a man's life. Well, did you a see that big hundred sm- times that will make you a nutter? Make you a nutter. Do you see the big smile he had when he woke up? He's yeah. fine. He was oh. right as rain. It was a dreamy, dreamy smile. The thing they didn't tell you that, that episode is that, that quarter scene is actually Viagra. It's future Viagra. Future Viagra. Assassins. Oh, shit. So Doc had a boner lasting for like... For negative several hundred years. <laughs> I, I loved when, uh, you know, Bones comes on and he's like, I'm going to... What's it called? Corda... Cordrazine. Cordrazine. And Kirk is just like, are you sure? And then it works fine. You know, no, before he uses it, like Bones gives Kirk the biggest, fuck you, Jim, face. I'm the surgeon here. And then he's all smug about it when it works. Rightly so, because Jim, fucking step off. Yeah. You're barely a captain, never mind a doctor. Whoa. He's a captain. I know, I'm just being... He mean. pulled the Corbomite maneuver. That's true, he did. Then and called he, it a maneuver. McCoy <laughs> pulled the... Cordrazine maneuver went crazy. So crazy. Crazy crazy McCoy is like my favorite McCoy. But all the McCoys are my favorite McCoys. Yeah, he's the the best character from the original series, hands down. I mean, yeah. They did a really good job making him look gross. Like you were just saying, the hives. I was like, what the fuck did they do to his face? When he goes into the mission in the 1930s and, and what's her name, Edith? Edith says, oh, yeah, let me help you. It's like, no. He's a leper. He's, Get he, away yeah, from him. He could be infection. In the, in He's got gonorrhea lady. You don't want to be face. around him. 
Faceria. Faceria. No, Pizzeria. Galleria. Now, I haven't read anything recently, but... Not a single You word. can confirm if this is legit or not. Wasn't the original plot not actually about Bones accidentally getting drugged? Wasn't Correct. it like yeah. a new crew member who was just an addict or something? Yeah, so this was... The oh, guy's shit. name would have been Lieutenant Beckwith. This was the, in the terrible ori- name. In, in the original, original script... It. His name was Lieutenant Beckwith. He was a drug smuggler and drug dealer. And someone on the Enterprise caught him and he killed him. So the rest of the Enterprise... And I don't know whether, like, how this came up, but their, the, the punishment was death by firing squad on the nearest planet they get to. Whoa, 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 whoa. The only remaining death penalty on the book what was, I was going about to, say. to Talos. Yeah, what we the fuck? This. Be consistent. That, they mm. had to change that. Yeah, yeah. Especially because, you know, it's the... It's, there shouldn't be all the crazy, like, drug problems in the future and all this stuff that, you know, was in, I think, Roddenberry's mind and, and all of that stuff. Oh, no, there will always be drug problems. You there, know, there will you, always, no, really, there will always be... The thing is, there there will be, but, I mean, not on the is Enterprise. right in that, in, in Roddenberry's mind, yeah, at the very least, not in Starfleet, because actually, in Star Trek Two, in some of the early scenes on the Enterprise bridge, there's a no-smoking sign. <laughs> but then Roddenberry saw it and went, what's this? Oh, it's a no-smoking sign. It's like, people don't smoke in the future. Hmm. <laughs> They've learned. Some death sticks. Ugh, that's the past. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, Elon I think it's Slee's Bagano, by the way. Yes, it is. I'm sorry, what did you say? She's making... never seen episode two. I'm making fun of stupid George Lucas names. He's got this creepy dude in one of his movies who's selling drugs, and his and the character's name is something stupid like Elan Slee's Bagano, something like that. God, it's so of dumb. Course. But yeah, so I mean, I can see how that wouldn't. A, 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 at the very least, a Starfleet officer being a drug dealer would not have jived with Roddenberry's vision of the future, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And this guy would have been, you know, the surrogate for McCoy in the original script. So right. he, was, he would have been that role that goes back and they have to te- they have to stop whatever he does in the past. But it, there would have been a different ending because, you know, they would have brought him back just to presumably do with the death thing again. But Beckwith would have jumped back into the Guardian of Forever, gotten stuck in a supernova, and spent all of eternity... Dying in a supernova. Wow. Yeah. Over and over and over again. That that might have been great, but I don't know if it would have been a great Star Trek ending. Well, it also, I mean... Over and, over. <laughs> and I mean, being fair, like, yeah, murder and drug smuggling, all that's pretty bad, but dying in a supernova for the rest of forever feels a bit harsh. <laughs> hey... The Guardian doesn't fuck around, okay? I loved the Guardian. The Guardian was super cool. Even if it was just a big space donut. Guardian doesn't give a fuck about your timeline. He will let you mess with it all you want. Yeah, yeah. So Bones, he goes into the donut. And, Delicious. And, um, now, I, I, was, I thought it was interesting that it looked to me that the Guardian was only showing, like, clips from old movies. Old Paramount movies. <laughs> yeah, of that course. was weird. So like they had the rights. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like if like if it was really going through the time as fast as Spock was describing, I feel like it should have been like flashing faster than you could perceive any movement. Like it would just be like it would look like static. Yeah, and actually that would have been better because then you would have avoided the really obvious film clip issue. Yeah. Because it does take you out of it a little. Yeah. Like, like I, why are his pictures of the past Black and white. Because the past is black and white. Everyone knows that. No, the mm-hmm. past is sepia. That's true. Wow. That's a distant past. That's a distant past, <laughs> yeah. He showed Rome in black and white. How fucking distant do we need to go before we get sepia? Jesus. Mm. 
No, wait. Jesus was after Rome. Never mind. Well, well he... Okay. I know, I know, Rome. but I, I just... Uh, hello, religious listeners. Jesus Jesus came in really right at the end of the Republican period. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know there's reference in I, Claudius, which was kind of yeah. cool. Well, Augustus, I believe he was during the time of Augustus. And then he went up the pipe. And uh... I was going to say Augustus Gloop. I was just thinking that. I'm <laughs> glad that you went there. <sighs> Speaking of clips that they had permission to use, possibly, at one point there was some, like, Nazi footage... There was some, mm. like, Hitler speech shit happening. And Spock got a hard-on. A huge hard-on, yeah. Immediately. Early you could see it was so You could see the little ears next to the... Well, next to the penis? Yeah. You know, it's, you know why his ears are like that, guys? It's it's because he, he he's Chinese. Obviously. And he got Clearly. his ears caught in an automatic rice picker. <laughs> That's why. That's so oh, Which fantastic. is just like, holy shit. At least he didn't fucking say Oriental like Scott did in that one episode. Mm. I was, like, True. waiting for it. No, but, so, which led me to a question that's not related to this episode at all, but I did ask it at the time. What are the rights for using Hitler footage? Because that was, like, 20 years earlier, right? I'm sure they're public domain, even then. Even then? Like, I don't know, that's well, what who's I'm gonna, wondering. Who's gonna sue you? Yeah, yeah. like, the, I guess, so you, yeah. Get, you get an angry letter from some Nazi hiding in South America. Wait a minute! That's my footage! I mean, no, it, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you win this round, copyright laws. Yeah, I was just... I am a simple farmer in Colombia. Yes. My name is Hans. Yeah, so getting back getting back to our, our good rice picking friend. Oh god. Uh, so they they explain to the police officer why Spock looks different, why they're wear they don't really explain why they're wearing weird clothes, but No. Beside that point. And then they accost a police officer in front of a crowd of people and run yeah. away. No, oh, he... God, what was the excuse this time? Oh, yeah, it wasn't multi-legged creature on your shoulder. It was. Oh, Kirk's like, there's like a thread loose on your uniform oh, yeah. or something. I can't believe your wife let you go out like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, let me fix that for you, neck pinch. I was like, oh, yeah. Getting, getting a little more elaborate in your neck pinch excuses. Mm. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, I actually, you know... Yes, the, the 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 rice picker thing was a little off color. Um, I mean, other, otherwise the episode gets very depressing. You need some some levity. Yeah, and I also did think that I don't know. I was amused by Kirk trying to you know evidently trying to like come up with something on the spot that would be relevant. Yeah, he failed his bluff check for once. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, um, rolled a one. He's, he's clearly uh, Chinese. Obviously. Uh, Due to the accident. The Mine. thing is, the thing is, no one even asked. He probably just could have That's true. kept walking and been like, bye guys. Well, as you can see, my friend is obviously the result of a brother and sister getting it on. Oh, God. That's why you don't do that. You wind up with this. Jesus, we're really just alienating all of our listeners I today. Know. <laughs> no, our German-speaking audience is no longer with us. We lost, we lost the religious crowd in like minute ten. I've been trying to drop some some religion bombs this week between the Lazarus thing <laughs> and the Caesar Augustus. I, you know, and now you know I'm I'm sorry to all of our incestuous listeners, but you're an affront to God. Yikes! What the fuck, guys? Did you notice that Uhura was in the away team? I she was. Did. That was great. I was so excited for her. She got to have a couple of lines. Yay, Uhura! We love she was you just, so but much. She was just there to take notes. That was so. the thing. They, they 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 didn't seem to know really what to do with her. Unfortunately, like, was it space shorthand? Well, like, she was also recording. she was okay. there to, to to keep in contact with the ship too, and yeah. then learn that she fucking f- f- fucked it up somehow. Although even then, like normally they don't. 
just any old person can do it. It was, it was. I mean, yeah, I'm glad she, she needed the get best of the a best. A lot to do, but the thing is, these weren't these were not the best of the best. If they were looking for McCoy, and McCoy was hiding behind an obvious rock. That was actually was that one of my. That was hilarious. Yeah, he, everywhere he went, he like made a fucking ton of noise. He was right there. Well, what I loved about that moment. We're watching it. The two the two guards walk by, and Chris goes, "Oh, and here comes Bones, and up he pops." Yep. <laughs> like, no sign of Bones like for miles. I mean, never mind out of a toy gun. Whoop, there never it is. mind the fact that a ship of I mean, it seems to vary from episode to episode. Anywhere from four hundred to five hundred and fifty people <laughs> could not find some of them aren't sure one. Of running, screaming lunatic. <laughs> and also, again, back to the bad security. Why? When you've got a running, screaming lunatic on your ship, order one is not turn off every fucking transporter. That's an idea. Because um, I feel like a lot, in both episodes, just because any old asshole can use the transporter whenever he feels like, and apparently both Lazarus and McCoy, McCoy, who is terrified of teleporters, knows how to run the thing, even in a fucking doped up thing. Get some security! Yeah, you would think it would be like lockdown situation. Yeah. Like, everything would be sealed off. There wouldn't be any... Yeah. No. It, and if for some reason you can't turn it off, you have three burly guards with phasers and truncheons. Muscle men. Posted before the tr- transporter rooms, the fucking shuttle bay, the... the, the, the <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, it's a good ep- and again, it's not just this episode, which is like all the glaring, like, so many plots are just advanced by the fact that the Enterprise does not bother with elementary security. My office has more security than the goddamn Starship Enterprise. Oh, mine doesn't. I wish mine did. Doesn't. Yeah, mine does. You can't just go any old where if you don't belong in the area. Crazy, I know. Something else I noticed? Yeah. And I don't remember why this came up, but there was a point where, like, Spock was listening for something, and I was like, do Vulcans now have ultra-sensitive hearing? They already did, I thought. I thought that came up before. Oh, really? You could have sworn. He just has superior abilities. Yeah. Well, it's those big ears, you know? Vulcans even have a better sense of smell than humans, according to Enterprise. That's unfortunate. Stuck in a tin can with 500 people. That's a... a She actually... The the character has to... They mention how she's using a a thing to dull her sense of smell because the humans stink to her. Mm. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice detail. I like Mm. that. Also, it's because Archer's dog kept shitting everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Poor bitch. <laughs> Where do you walk the dog on... You take the, him the on away alley. missions like You get idiot. a piddle puddle or a, a piddle pad. Oh. Is that what sea captains do? No, that's what people with small dogs in apartments do. Yeah, but in your apartment, you can still go outside. He's talking about walking them. You just hold you them, them out the window. You get them a like the Jetsons. <laughs> they do their business. Mm. Yeah, that for the walk, just you get a Jetsons treadmill. And... Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean... Mm, basically. Oh, God. You know what's great, though? Speaking tangently of, of Spock. When the Guardian is all like, yeah, you people aren't that advanced. Your science is weak. Like, Spock just has the perfect, what did you say to me, motherfucker? Yeah. Face, like, twice in a row. Yeah, well, yeah, because then Kirk says something to him, like, oh. Oh, you're getting, you, you getting annoyed? Getting annoyed, and he's like, bitch. He's <laughs> like, Jim, Jim, I'm part human. That part of me will cut you. No, no, in fact, all, all parts would cut him. He wouldn't cut yeah, him. Those, he would break his neck. Aw, <laughs> tall Shia. Mm. Moving forward, moving forward, we meet uh, we meet Edith Keeler, who apparently needs like a fucking dozen janitors to clean one room. Yep. 
Um, she pays a sweet 15 cents an hour. Cha-ching! For, forever in soft focus. Yeah. That's that's what you do to women, though. Except, yeah, yeah, no, yep, all of them, actually. Uh, yeah. And a little bit Kirk sometimes. She goes, why not? Yeah, yeah. And it turns out that she's um, goody two-shoes. Yeah. Fucking hippie. Doing Starting the... a pacifist movement. Yeah. Jeez. Talking the ears off the bums and the uh, old uh, mission. You call FDR a bum? No, I'm talking about the, I know. I'm talking about the, the guy that the nice. guy that blew himself up with a phaser. Oh shit, was that the same? Was that the same guy? Yeah, it was the same oh, guy. I didn't know that. Bitching about her speechifying. Yeah, well, I like that well, guy. Well, good riddance, asshole. He, he, I mean, he did steal McCoy's uh, fizzy lifting phaser. Things. See, my my wonder there. So McCoy goes back and changes the whole whole fate of the universe by saving Edith Keeler's life. Mm-hmm. What if he also like? ruined the universe by getting this guy killed by his phaser. We don't know. We don't know what would have happened. That guy would have died later that night. Well, probably. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was, no, the, I mean, he was, it was the soup from the mission. He, he's like the old man in, in um, Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Yeah. yeah. Nothing you can do. Sometimes people just die. Yeah. It's his time. Really, it's entirely possible that a uh, quick and relatively painless disintegration was better than whatever befell him in the original timeline. Mm. I like to imagine that he went to the uh, to, to the time corridor. Oh, and no. he's fighting with the Lazaruses. <laughs> oh, Good no. God. Wrestling for eternity. Uh, let's see. What, what a homoerotic, homoerotic way to go. Nice. So this is this is jumping ahead a little, but I thought of it because I said the original timeline. Was this a big predestination paradox? Did they actually have to go back in time? Because it kind of seems that way. Because like she only is crossing the street and gets hit by a car because Kirk runs back across the street. I feel like she would have seen this movie no matter what, though. Right, but she doubled yeah, back. She, oh, that's to, true. So like, who? Why originally did she turn back? Did she forget oh, her she purse? Was, maybe that was she had what, lots of maybe boyfriends. that was that street rat. That street rat was her date that night. Otherwise. Street rat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was nowhere near as That's pretty as Aladdin. Street rat, but I bet he had nipples on like Aladdin. What? <laughs> nipples? Aladdin has no nipples. You ever seen? He has nipples sometimes, I think. I, I like what a twat Spock was at times during this episode. Like when she trips down the stairs, and and Kirk caught her, and Spock's like, "Well, you know, sir, she might have died right then." Actually, didn't they know from the little bit of her obit that he saw that it was a car accident? Yeah. He he so... did, but he also. Didn't check the fucking date. Yeah, that he probably should have done. I that. thought that too. Like, wait a minute, what? Now, what? Now, now, here's what's troubling me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You need more tape on those yeah. glasses, Jake. I, yeah. How was it that Spock's tricorder managed to pick up the original timeline when he only started recording shortly before Bones jumped into the Guardian, and then the timeline would have changed? At the at, same yep. time that he jumped in. So there's no way well, uh, that he could have seen Edith Keeler's original obituary. So the Guardian, though, right? Clearly there is a level of tech or whatever going on that, that they can't even begin to comprehend. Because being within the sphere of influence of the Guardian kept the away team from blinking out of existence along with their own timeline. Well, that's the same thing that happened in First Contact, though, right? They were just right. they were near the Borg sphere, so they were protected. Right. Well, that that was just. I mean, not that this isn't weird, but I'm willing to write this off as like, look, the Guardian is probably not just a nexus of points in time, but also dimensions, mm. and can show all sorts of. 
know, the Guardian probably simultaneously exists in all dimensions at once or something. So he originally showed them their own timeline and then was able to preserve them even though whatever Doc had done had temporarily obliterated, blah, blah, blah. That makes a bit more sense than we're caught in a temporal wake. So he, mm. like, does, like, a backup every 24 hours, sort of like you should do with your, like, hard drive? Yeah. 24 hours. That's way too much backing up. I don't know. That's actually, my, 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 my job automatically backs up every night. Well, that's a, that's a job thing. I wouldn't do that to my computer. Well, no, me Well, either. yeah, but I mean, this is the guardian of forever, really. It should be backing up even more frequently, frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully he's doing, he's not doing full backups. He's doing, like, incremental yeah. differences, you know? Like, yeah. You this know, like, is what changed. Hitler won the war. Save that. That's backed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the unit, so, so this, this whole episode asserts a deterministic universe wherein changing a variable spirals everything out of control yes that's that's sort of the idea you send you send mccoy back and the whole thing unravels i guess so yeah so how the fuck does the guardian so they they all jump back through the guardian after restoring the timeline is the original timeline like did the guy that blow, blew himself up with the phaser is he okay now Oh, was this sort of like a like a, a moralistic thing that the garden was doing? Like this is why you don't tamper with the past, boys. No, because they get it when your mom gets home. No, because when they jumped out, the guardian was like, "Wasn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. Do you want to do it again and again and again and again and again?" <laughs> and they I were like, "No." Jesus no, Christ, you psycho. we have psycho. to watch our lo- people we love die in each instance. You I know. can make this hole larger or smaller depending on your preference. Oh, that's a flashlight joke again. <laughs> again? Like, seriously, you know if this... All jokes are flashlight jokes. <laughs> if this episode had been made, like, nowadays, in today's sort of world of crossovers and universes and shit, next season there would be a series about the team that was sent to observe and study and have adventures with the Guardian on the edge of fucking ever. And it would have been terrible, so thank God it was made in the 60s. Mm. <laughs> They would have called them Captain Video and his Video <laughs> Rangers. <laughs> the Captain Video and the Video Rangers on your TV show. Wow. Yeah, that one just went. <laughs> that was beautiful, Jake. It's a Video Video Ranger song. I can't. I don't make this shit up, people. Mm. But, you know, that, that is a good question. Like, was the timeline actually fully complete? Because I, I feel like it probably was within the power of the Guardian, because Jesus Christ, it has a lot of power. Do we simply just... Like, you kind of wonder if Kirk had asked, like, hey, could you just undo that? He'd probably go, oh, yeah, yeah. But Kirk didn't ask. Control-Z, done. Like, like yeah. how did they get back to the, pre- to the you know, to the planet? Like, the Guardian had to have done that. Otherwise, yeah. they would have just been living their yeah, lives the, the, in the 30s. The yeah. Guardian said, if you succeed, I'll bring you back here. Yeah. So... Yeah. So it was able to sort of track them. So it really should have been able to just pluck. I don't know why. Right I don't know why back. when they when they came back they had to do the jump through because if they were being plucked, they would have just awesome. appeared. Okay. The jumps did them awesome. New, okay, new yes, theory true. on the Guardian. He's bored. He's full of shit. He's not actually a time machine. He's he's fucking nothing. He's a holodeck. Holodeck. He's a holodeck Ooh. on this planet. And Ooh. when and when people show up, he's like, huh, I'm gonna trick them into I'm gonna fuck up their communicator, trick them into thinking their ship disappeared, and then uh, and then I'll have some fun. I'll set up a little scenario. I'll give them ev- just what they need 
to succeed in their little their little scenario. Oh my god, it's Trelane again. It's just Trelane, exactly. <laughs> being a, being is that a, a spinach I hear? <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, that's, cool. that's a good theory. <laughs> I'm going with it. That tinfoil hat fits just right. <laughs> Although it would have to be sort of like, and maybe even though less a holodeck and more that weird Chief O'Brien experiencing, you know, 30 years in 10 minutes thing. Ah, because yes. when they popped back out, the crew was like, you just left. That's true. They would have to have, they would have to have some sort of, there would have to be some sort of time component here. Yeah, like maybe you could dilate local time or mm. something. Which, you know... Well, I mean, we dream long dreams in, like, yeah. ten seconds, mm. so it... Do we? They say, like, most dreams... Just like, uh... That's crazy. Just like, uh, you know, the... What the fuck's it? Inception? Yeah, there we go. Hypnotoad? Mm. What are we doing? <laughs> no, no, Inception. Okay. Why is it... That's the Inception horn. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually is just the first note of Leonardo DiCaprio's wake-up song slowed down like 2,000 times or something. I've not seen Inception. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm never going to see Inception, so I'll never know what you're talking about. It's all right. Why are you never going to see Inception? Because I'm the only person left who hasn't. (laughs) But you get to watch Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a nice, tailored, three-piece suit get into fights. Eh. It's okay. I've never seen Avatar, and I don't plan to see You've missed nothing. Avatar, James Cameron Avatar? It's because it's a pile of garbage. Why would you see it? It's terrible. I don't know. It's terrible. Don't see it. We're just you know. we're just listing a movie. Jake has. That's a seen. movie that was widely popular that I haven't seen. I mean, it was fucking awful. So all I know is, is that there's like the, the the central like MacGuffin of the film is unobtainium. Yeah, I know that much. Oh, that, that, make, that makes me upset. It, yeah. You really hope that they like it meant to go back and fix that, and then they just oh, forgot. Yeah. They just fill in placeholder name. Because I like James Cameron. Like I like almost everything James Cameron has done, but I haven't seen. Big that Titanic. I, 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 like, I love Titanic. Yeah, me too. I think Titanic's great. I, I like, love that you love Titanic. Why wouldn't I? I mean, I can understand why it was it was fun to hate on Titanic. When it came out, I think I don't know anyone who hated on Titanic. Lots Titanic. of people. There was a there was a Lots Titanic. Of boys there was a bad. Yeah, I, was, I was in what seventh or eighth grade, so it but, was, boys who just were were like, oh, the girls only like it because Leo's in it. The, the Titan- Titanic is a fabulous movie. It is. I mean, like the the love plot, I can I can take it or leave. It. I mean, it's fine, but really, I mean, it's just it's an awesome movie about a fucking disaster on a boat and like rich people getting it and. Ismay, that fucking scumbag, and uh, the unsinkable Molly Jones. I mean, it's it's just, it's fucking great. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. It's a great movie, people. It's a great movie. The best movie. Sue me. Sue me. <laughs> I will. I will say about James Cameron, I prefer Alien to Aliens. Really? Alien is the better movie. Alien? Mm-hmm. I thought you usually say you liked Aliens better. No. The second one. Aliens, I can grant, is maybe more fun. But Alien is actually just a better movie. I mean, it's a different, it's a totally different genre, I think. It is, but it's also just like of the two, if you had to know which one do you think is the just just better film? No, it's the first one. Really? I mean, yeah. I, I like I, I like them both. Oh, they're both good. Don't I'm get me really, wrong. I'm really but excited. Alien is better. I'm really excited that Ridley Scott's coming back to do another Alien movie. That's going to be awesome. I hope. Uh, I think we can all agree that Terminator and Terminator Two Judgment Day. Are fucking fantastic. I've actually never seen Judgment Day. What? You've never seen I've Terminator only, 2? I've only seen the first Terminator film. The second Terminator film. Okay, Terminator 1 is fucking great. Terminator 2 blows it out of the water. Okay, but. It's way better. When I was a kid, I saw the part where he like cuts off his hand. You know? Yeah, that's. And it's all gross and it really grossed me out. It's like a kid. 10 seconds. You can look away. I'm, okay. But like tell the rest, me when it's, tell me when it's over. Yeah, we will. It's okay. it's Terminator Two is great. All right, 
All it's right, got an so, annoying so kiss. Let's wrap up this episode so, wait, so that we can go I, watch I got, Terminator 2. So what do you got? What, what guys do you prefer in this case? Do you prefer the original Ellison script, or do you prefer the show that we saw? In which case? In the city on the edge of forever. Yeah, but in what? what well, in I, in you know the the having having Doc McCoy be a, oh. a, a central part of this of the oh, show. Oh, I think it's great that that McCoy was the the instigating factor. I, I don't think I would. I think I think if it was just some some rando. Crewman, I wouldn't give who, a shit. Some rando crewman who was a dick. Yeah. yeah, who was a murderer. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, and DeForest Kelly had like the best fucking physical acting in this episode. Yeah, I was, oh, I was God. in awe. And he when he great. goes back and he's uh, he's still pretty high, and he's going on about old time hospitals and what is it, cutting and sewing people like garments. Yes, yes, doing it so well. Yeah, he does that. I so love that well. bit. Yeah, I did too. Like I actually I wrote so that down. Good. That was one of my notes. Cutting. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great. He really owns yeah. that scene. Needles and sutures. Yeah, yeah. He Which has... you know gets echoed comically later in Star Trek Four, but yeah. this is its serious. You know, Big Brother, and it's so good. Mm. You know what DeForest Kelly uh, requested and that never made, and that the footage never made the episode was he wanted there. He wanted to also have a love interest in Edith Keeler. Aww. Aww. Yeah, you could sort of see that that was sort of like he was kind of being. A little flirty with her. I don't her. know. I, I love how he was just a, kind of a smartass the whole time being like, I'm, I'm, I must be hallucinating because this doesn't make sense. Maybe you're not a hallucination. I don't know. I'm from the future. Mm-hmm. And, and, but then he is like, well, I've decided all this is a hallucination, but you're real. Mm. There's actually a, a novel I read years ago. It wasn't, wasn't great, to be honest. But it was interesting in that it was sort of it had two stories, and one of them was the timeline that he created by saving Edith and his life in that timeline. So alternate timeline Mm. kind of a thing? Yeah, yeah. Now, here's here's your your fan theory. The timeline that he created by saving Edith is the alternate timeline, the alternate universe, as seen in Mirror Mirror. Chew on that one. I was going to say the alternate timeline becomes the man in the high castle. (laughs) Mm, Well, that's also possible. Well, no, see, we, we all know that the alternate universe exists because of a coin flip. That's true. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, did we talk about that on air, or was that in the episode zero that was lost because of my technological fuckery? I don't, I don't actually remember. I don't remember this coming up at all. So, But I have a terrible memory, so. There's a Star Trek novel. I apologize, listeners, if we've told this story. Oh, I think you weren't refer- referencing Futurama? No, no, no. There's What? Why would you res- reference Futurama? Get out of my house. There's a Star Trek novel, I think it's one of the ones Shatner, well, wrote, where it turns out the mirror universe is caused by Zephram Cochran when he's going to talk to the Vulcans, like, after they've shaked, or right before they shake hands, I don't fucking remember. Anywho, he's going to go sit down and talk to the Vulcans, and of course, at this point, uh, he has talked to Alfred Woodard, who's all like, so here's what happened to me up on the Enterprise, and he's like, all right, do I tell the Vulcans about these crazy bored motherfuckers we're all going to run into in 500 years or whatever. Oh. Or do I keep my fucking mouth shut? And he flips a coin. And the implication is the sort of evil militarized timeline was created by Cochran deciding to warn the Vulcans about the Borg. Oh, so um, he does warn them? Um, excuse yeah, that, me. That... Um, canon police here. The Shatner <laughs> novel, which you have referenced, is not canon. However... <coughs> The season four episode of Enterprise, In a Mirror Darkly, mm-hmm. in which we see Zephram Cochran um, shoot the Vulcans. Oh, that's right! I forgot about that. Conclusively proves that the Mirror Universe existed at the time of First Contact. 
conclusive cannon. He shot them, not with a cannon, but with a shotgun he had concealed under his robe. I'm not going to lie. I think I prefer the Shatner thing with the coin. Oh, I don't know. I actually, that the opening of that episode... because like, you like Two-Face. It is pretty good. It's a pretty good opening. It's just because you like Two-Face. You just liked it, the idea of him, you know. I didn't think of that, but that is true. That's subconsciously... Uh, so, so, getting back on track, hopefully. Uh, we have talked very little about our unfortunate sacrificial lamb, oh, yes. Edith Keeler, who oh. said you were saying earlier about how both episodes involve sacrifice. Yeah. But Lazarus is able to knowingly make his sacrifice. Edith has her sort of thrust upon She's her. She's just an unknowing pawn. She is so doomed. Her little her little puppy squeak at the end, it's heartbreaking. Oh, God. I mean, how does Bones immediately know that she's dead? Like, did her head explode? <laughs> like, like was, it, was it like a much... Like, it didn't look that gruesome. It was just like she got knocked down. But but Bones, like, immediately, without examining her, is like, I could have saved her, we, We've already determined that McCoy can hear heartbeats. That's, that's a good point. Did he have his magical microphone yeah. in his, like, It's in, in his, his pants at all times. Oh. Oh, my. So it's a magic mic? Yeah. It's a, mac- a microphone in his pants. And he's happy to see you. But, I mean, it, it's just entirely possible that, like, we didn't see the full thing. She may have just gone down and her brain may have just been just half out already. For a forty-foot foot streak of brain, yeah, down the road, <laughs> yeah, just, 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 just Edith all the way they, down the road. Kirk did nothing but walk in front of traffic in the fucking thirties. Double dumbass on yeah, you. He does it in the eighties as well. Jeez, so. I said that shit last night. I was like, yeah, Kirk. I did. Uh, Kirk I, I just doesn't understand cars. No, yeah. who does really? Although the cars are they were. Except we know that he loves driving them. Oh, uh, no, 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 not again. Ah, no, no, see, but ah, ah, this is one place where they're definitively different. His father's alive in this timeline. Oh, that's true. So he may never have met the stepfather with the car. And he did drive the car off a cliff. Very much so. so. Fucking idiot. And then he Kirk. met the space cop. He could recognize it by the traditional markings <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, no, Edith. Edith is, um, is she a good character? <laughs> Like, she's a little, let's be honest, kind of maybe flat-ish, sort of. I'll, I'll say this. She has a great impact on Kirk. Yes. And the fact that, that she's she's meaningful in that way and, and she can you know elicit a lot of a lot of his love and affection and yada, 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 does make her meaningful, I think. I think it makes her important because we see the effects on Kirk and yeah. how he's fucking torn in half while, while McCoy's yelling at him. I, I think that... The, the effect of a character can sometimes be as good as, as the character itself. That's fair. Or at least make it make make her better seemingly. And like Cassandra, Bones' proclamations came true. They made murders of them all by letting her die. Ooh. Ooh. Assassins, killers. Oh, holy shit. Fuck. Dr. McCoy. Woo! Thank you, Jake. <laughs> it's noises. Ones. You were saying, though, because I actually, a note I had about the last episode that I didn't bring up, but I will now because it ties into this. Last episode, Shatner went full Shatner. Really overdramatic pauses. A lot of that. Another thing, I think a thing people don't attribute to Shatner enough is the weird mumbling he'll do sometimes. Explain. He, Give an example. Oh, no. Give an example. Go to the bridge. Yeah, yeah. He'll just, like, he'll really stop <laughs> enunciating and he'll just kind of, well, you see, I... Uh, he like he look. He's not even like opening his mouth all the way. It's like he cannot be bothered, and so he went like full Shatner, an alternative factor in the worst sense of the word. Whereas in this one, he did quite well. 
Hmm. You know? Yeah, this one was was a lot of a lot of what uh, people say was a. Uh... Shatner's best acting. Yeah, no, like I think I did, everybody yeah. had to do a lot of drinking to get through the alternative factor. Yeah, I wish mm. I would have been drinking. <laughs> but yeah, no, like it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a good episode for him. Mm. A uh, good episode for McCoy. Yeah, all episodes Spock are was, good for Spock McCoy. Was Spock. He's well, he got to be good and sassy. Zinc plated vacuum tube culture and all that. Mm, oh yes, bear, bear, was it knives and bearskins or something? <laughs> yes, I think flint knives and bearskins. Flint knives and bearskins. No, now everyone thinks his. You know, when you're looking back at this, you're thinking that it was Kirk who had the major conflict here with whether or not to allow Edith to die. When in reality, it was Spock who had the biggest conflict mm-hmm. because. He had to decide whether or not to foil the Third Reich or support the Third Reich. And you know where his allegiances lie, that fucking Nazi bastard! He does like efficiency. He was, he was reading the, the, the obituary. He's like, ooh, 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 V2 rocket. Ooh, yes, my V2 rocket is most... Uh... No, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's no, no. the thing, though. If there had been, I think, had there been any internal conflict for Spock, the minute he had to deal with their tech, he was like, nope, nope, don't care, need to get back to the future, this place sucks. Mm. I need five or six pounds of platinum. At that point I wrote down, are you on fucking drugs, Spock? (laughs) (laughs) You can't get five to six pounds of platinum? You're making 15 cents an hour, which means for ten hours a day, you're making a buck fifty a day, you're spending... Two fucking dollars a week on your fucking apartment. How are you ever going to afford five to six pounds of platinum? I'm sure in 1985 you can buy plutonium for any corner store, but it's a little harder now, future boy. <laughs> That's a Back to the Future reference. Oh, I thought you were being Nixon. No. <laughs> no, that was my attempt at Doc Brown. Oh. I don't have a Doc Brown is the problem. It's closer to Nixon, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Marty! We gotta go back, Marty! Back to the future! I can't do it either. <laughs> back to the future! <laughs> we gotta go back! The back to the future! It's almost like um, it's almost like a Danny DeVito. No, oh, no, that's um, an Al Pacino. We need Al Pacino as do- as uh, Doc Brown. Marty, we need to go back to the future. See, but that sounds to me like Danny DeVito as the Penguin. That's, 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 that could be Danny. <laughs> That's another actor. <laughs> Danny DeVito sure is, is an actor. He sure is. You love Danny DeVito. Also, I love Danny DeVito. I also love Danny DeVito. I hope he's on Star Trek someday. He's the only good part of Austin Powers 3. Was he in that? At the beginning, they do that They do that scene where Tom Cruise is playing Austin Powers. Like, Mike Myers as Austin Powers is watching the Steven Spielberg film Austin Powers. Okay. And... I don't remember who's... Oh, my God. Kevin Kevin Spacey Spacey. is playing Dr. Evil. And then Danny DeVito pops out... Is he fat Flipping the bird, and he goes, Hey, assholes! It's me, Mini-Me! Come and get me! (laughs) (laughs) And it's fucking amazing. It lasts two seconds. Only good thing about the film. Uh, So speaking about the only good things about the film, are we ready to wrap it up? Well, actually, speaking of wrapping up, one of my other notes was uh, we're talking about Shatner's performance, but especially the last line of the episode, the, let's get the hell out of here, he, yeah. he delivers it so well. Also, they said hell. Here's the funny thing, here's the funny thing, because I, I read that this was one a, a very early, one of the one of the first uses of hell as a, you know, as profanity on television. I was really? wondering about that. Um, like, they, they referenced it a couple times, you know, as the... Biblical location, location yeah. of hell. But I swear, because I read that before watching the two episodes, and I swear in Alternative Factor, Spock says hell. He says, hell, I don't know what the... I don't know. 
I mean, the thing is, more people may have noticed this one because it was so... Maybe. Also, it could be that it originally... Because the production order versus airing order are all crazy. There is a little crazy. It could be that ultimately this one aired first. I don't know, though. I don't so, know, because this is the second to... Or the third... Second to Second to Yeah, uh, City is the second to last of the season. Holy right. Shit. But that's what, that's what I don't know is, is the order we have the airing order or just the order they decided to put them on the sets in? Like, I don't know, to be honest. Uh-huh. I don't know. You know, that, that's something, too, that you brought up is when, when he's, let's get the hell out of here. What the fuck do they do? Do they, Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> Hello, Space Donut. Uh, I said, let's get true. the hell out of here. Oh, oh you, know, let's, you know, maybe he's not, I got an idea. Let's change into our uniforms. Then maybe he'll get us back. Oh, okay, okay. I was wondering, yeah, I wonder, if did, did he change their clothes for them? Like, well, I just figured they stuck, they, like, were waiting for, like, weeks. Like That's true. Like, God damn it, Donut Man. To answer your question, though, it's like the reverse bat pole, basically, mm. you know? Yeah. That's how he got the clothes back. But you're right, though, it, it, it's a good thing they cut when they did, because that dramatic exit is ruined by, let's get the hell out of here. Six to beam up. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that loses that drama that way. Thank goodness for television. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I think I think someone else could have done the six to beam up and he could have maintained his his level of yeah yeah sad but ultimately I think it it worked cutting away mm. yeah oh, cutting but I I never answered your your question what was my question I mean based on what little we know of the original Ellison script apparently there would have been mammoths and the uh, the guardians would have been nine foot tall giant men you wanted to see that right this is definitely the version we got is definitely the better version. There would have been an alternate em- enterprise full of hooligans. What? F- fuck you, Harlan Ellison. Your idea was stupid. I mean, your base idea was good, but it took apparently 38 people to make it workable, you It psycho. sounds like there was a good idea. It needed to be distilled into something that worked, and I think they did. They I did, yeah. This episode no, worked. It, really well. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. It's. I mean, it's, it's one of the big ones for a reason, I'd say. And legitimate, not just like, not just a reason, like, oh, it's the first time we see this, or the first time, it's, it's just a good episode yeah. the, of the, television. The stakes by the end, the stakes of, you know, Edith has to die. We yeah. have to, like, let her die. We can't save her. And, you know, Spock has to hold Kirk back, and then Kirk has to hold McCoy back. And that's, it's very nicely put together. It really is. Yeah. And and I she never got to see that movie. She really the Clark Gable the movie? Clark oh, I feel movie. so bad. Who's Clark, Clark Gable? Gable. Mm. No one's going to remember who he is by the... You by know, my like, friend, Dr. McCoy, is that the same <laughs> Like, seriously, all, all this, like, old-timey Earth shit everyone remembers in the 23rd and 24th centuries, but apparently they've forgotten Clark Gable. Which, considering the movies they were watching only a century before in Enterprise, what the fuck happened in that hundred years? Yeah. I'm surprised the Guardian wasn't playing Clark Gable movies on his big screen. <laughs> Maybe that is what he was playing. Maybe they were that, at Clark Gable movie actually, the whole time. They jumped out, and the first thing, you know, the dramatic tension is ruined because the Guardian goes, No, wait a minute. You assholes don't know who Clark. Everyone sit down. We are watching it happened one night. For <laughs> fuck's sake. It's a classic. Bugs Bunny was partially based on that performance. Come on. What do you mean? Oh my god, you don't know who Bugs Bunny is? No, no, they know who, they know who Bugs Bunny is. Do they? Yeah, they must. I don't know. Bugs Bunny will live on forever. <sighs> I, don't know. Got... I don't know. Kirk didn't know who Khan was. So. That's true. Yeah. They don't know terribly much. Bach knows who Hitler is, though. <laughs> all about him. That's He's number one fan. Inevitably, there's someone somewhere on the Enterprise who is obsessed with you know, mid-century American animation who would have known who Bugs Bunny was. Because there's always at least one person who's an expert on any time period or fact they need. 
We never learned what happened, because if, if MacGyver's went with Khan, what happened to her lovely paintings? She took oh. them with. I, was, I imagine, you know, they went to clear out her room after she left, and it was like, oh, <laughs> oh dear, she had a, oh, that's we, Hitler. We dodged a bullet sending her away. Mm. How did she get past the psychological exam? You know what no one thinks about in this episode? Because she didn't have well, that on, ESP cat problem. Aw, oh, cat. What about the poor truck driver who was the innocent bystander in the situation? Who had to kill Edith? Who had to kill a lady. That man would go on to invent the anti-lock brake. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, technically in that oh, situation, no. anti-lock brakes would have been disadvantageous because it would have extended the stopping distance. Really? I don't know, fuck all about anti-lock brakes. It was the one thing I could think of. At first I thought of that roll bar that keeps you from getting decapitated by trucks, but that's something else. Anti-lock brakes are good if you're on ice or um, a, a surface with, with low traction. Yeah, maybe Because right. it prevents the car from sliding. Oh, interesting. But, um, yeah, if you're just on dry dry ground and you, you can usually stop quicker by locking the that brakes. That cat's going to get you, Caitlin. Not. Right. Oh. This has been Better Than American Top Gear Corner. Well, British Top Gear is better than American Top well, that's true. This has been episode 15 of A Star to Steer Her By. Thank you for joining us uh, on what was... A lot. Simultaneously very focused and very mad. We explored strange new worlds. We, we mostly talked about other movies. You know, we, that yeah. I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, that's way. true. Uh, I've seen Galaxy Quest, though. That's a good... Uh, so, please join us next week. We are going to wrap up Season 1 and jump right into Season 2, starting with Operation Annihilate, and then moving on from there to uh, Amok Time, everyone's favorite Vulcan fucking episode. Uh, oh, he did Abyss, too. This is great. <laughs> A what? Abyss. James Cameron. James Cameron. Please find our Facebook page, A Star to Steer Her By. We'll have links to our Tumblr and our Twitter and stuff like that. You, you know how this works. Uh, unless you're a newcomer, in which case, sorry for confusing you. Listen to episode one, we give a better explanation of no, things. No, don't listen to episode one. Episode one is all over the place. Yeah, I mean, more so than the... Anyway, <laughs> for A Star to Steer Her By, this has been Chris. And Ames. And Caitlin. And Jake. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to tip your yeoman. There we go. Why is it a question? Why do I say it? Because that's your catchphrase. You've been it's your you, catchphrase. you ended up doing last calling. Be sure to tip your yeoman. I just assumed that was your thing. You're on fire. Full of piss and vinegar. I did piss a lot of vinegar. Also, vagina. Oh, there's a voice now. There's a voice that goes with it. Well, you know how he would have said it, right? Like, it's not like... A, it's not like no, a, no, I think it would have been like, mmm, vagina. Because uh, <laughs> it's Captain Kirk. It could be, right? He doesn't know how to say... And that day he probably said vagina or something. Don't! Don't, don't correct me. It sickens me. <laughs> Vagina. That's how we say it in Canada. Vagina. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> like a breath of fresh spring air. Vagina. Oh. That'd be a good name for a douche. Oh. <laughs> I think Chris is a pretty good name for a douche. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, good night, everybody. That's the episode. Uh. <laughs>
Kickstarter Steer by podcast does not advocate the use of douche, as it is dangerous and can push bacteria further up into the vision.